comes, it's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 28 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in the Rambler, I'll be hosting Stephen Rose from the Peach Truck. When I when I think about who I want to experience the farm, I, I go to chefs often here in Nashville. When we started, it was knocking on the doors of restaurants before anything else to see if they kind of approved of what we were doing. because. Right. You know, I didn't know whether I was nostalgic for my hometown or like, oh, these beaches are amazing, but nobody else thinks so. But if Tandy Wilson and Sean Brock and Tyler Brown, all these guys tasted them and thought, man, I can't get anything like this anywhere else, that would give me, you know, the the validity I needed. And, and off the bat, that was the case. After moving to Nashville in 2010, Stephen realized there were no fresh, juicy peaches in the city. He figured, I got to do something about that. In the summer of 2012, Stephen and his wife Jessica bought a 1964 Jeep truck and started selling big, beautiful, juicy Georgia peaches out of their cab in Nashville. Within five weeks, the city had consumed over 10 tons of their brown bagged peaches. Needless to say, Nashville no longer has a peach problem, thank goodness. Since then, Jessica and Stephen have remained passionate about providing both their neighbors and far-flung fruit enthusiasts from the best peaches possible. During the summer season, you can find the peach truck on corners across Nashville, on tour in various states, and in packages delivered right to your porch. So now, no matter where you reside, you can indulge in the magic of fresh Georgia peaches all summer long. I'm excited about the interview as well because I've had the pleasure of going to Pearson Peach Farm several times in Fort Valley, Georgia. My in-laws live there, so I have um, enjoyed some summer homemade peach ice cream and cobbler when I've visited. So it was uh, pretty cool to uh, learn a few years back that uh, Stephen was here and after I bit into some of those peaches and eventually started a podcast. He was definitely one that I wanted to to host in the Rambler, so we had a had a good time. Today, the musical guest on the episode will be Alex Smith, so make sure to stay tuned in to the end. You'll hear him sing one of his uh, songs. He also sung on episode 22. Now, a word from the local nonprofit of the month of Community Care Fellowship. Community Care Fellowship. This is Ryan. Hey, what's up, Ryan? It's Andrew. Giving you a shout again to learn a little bit more about the great things you're doing at Community Care Fellowship. So uh, share share some more details with us. We are in January going to be launching a full-time child development program that will serve the James Casey neighborhood. And the whole reasoning behind it is that we can effectively break the poverty cycle in a preventative manner by bringing them in starting at age three. And so we'll be serving pre-K kids and doing a pre, mid-year, and post-assessment to make sure they're at or above their peers' level prior to going into kindergarten. And then we'll pair that with an after-school program and a mentorship program once they're into sixth grade 
that allows for them to meet with a mentor on a regular basis and then be able to, once they graduate, we have donors that have set aside funds for them to be able to go to college. So we can create a continuum of care for starting at three years of age all the way up until when they graduate. And so, again, effectively being able to break the poverty side on on the children's side. Oh, yeah. man, that was terrible, man. <laughs> no, no, that was awesome. Man, I love that because, you know, you and I both know, um, even as families now, you know, starting kids so early in pre-K, and so once they get in kindergarten, they know uh, way more than we ever knew. And so, yeah, the poverty side, if you're not addressing that, as soon as they get into the schools, they're already behind. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. And then all the way through college. So, yeah, I love that. Again, thanks for your time today and i'll talk with you next week and learn about another part of the program all right man have a great christmas all right man you too and now let's dive into the interview with stephen rose hello nashville today i am sitting down with stephen rose good to be with you andrew good i'm glad we finally connected (laughs) man yeah i want to take a ride i think your truck will look really cool pulling this camper too yeah, it would. Uh, what year is it? 64. 64. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So Stephen uh, owns the peach truck. Yes. The peach. Fresh fresh peaches, Georgia peaches. Um, so yeah, give us a little overview about what you're doing. Yeah, my wife and I started the peach truck back in 2012. I grew up in this little town of Fort Valley, Georgia, eating fresh peaches off the tree. And basically couldn't find a good peach in Nashville after moving here in 2010. So kind of just partnered with my hometown farm, started bringing their peaches to Nashville in 2012. And, um, and that's what we do to this day is sell fresh Georgia peaches kind of in Nashville. We do a tour across the Midwest and Northeast. We ship them nationwide, all about getting peaches fresh off the tree to folks as quickly as possible. And they are good. They are indeed. Real good. <laughs> and actually, the cool thing about Stephen, um, I think I'd heard of the peach truck prior to... So my mother-in-law and right. father-in-law live in Fort Valley, and actually one of the last memories I have with my father-in-law was going to the farm and having a tour by Bill. Yes. And, oh, man, he told us all about it. Like, I mean, it was it was really interesting. I couldn't tell you half of it, uh-huh. but, I mean, from the seeds and this and that, but it was a really cool experience. And then... Were I, you there in the summer? Yes. So um, he's... Yes. So yeah. he's talking over the packing room, packing. Well, house we went equipment. into the house. Okay. Yeah, so we were repo. sitting. We were sitting in the house. Yeah. In some nice little chairs. The yep. history, and he was just. I think is it seventh generation. They're in the fifth generation. Fifth. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. And uh, yeah, so it was just really cool, but it was neat because that's like a. That's that's one of the last kind of hangout memories I have with my father in law before he passed. Oh, was man. at the Peach Farm in Fort Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now we go down, and it's it's still it's not as fun because he did he did kind of chores on the farm, and so we'd go and lay the tailgate down and hang our feet, you know. Um, so yeah, that was oh, so it's a cool a cool memory when that. I think about that. So uh, uh, that's why I'm like I want to sit down with Stephen. Yeah, it's such a it's such a special special place. And everyone that goes there has the same reaction you do, right? That it's like, what a, I mean, it's a step back in time. It's working with your hands and mm-hmm. hearing about 
the struggle of living off the land and the weather and just all of that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a remarkable, remarkable place. So, and then you see the fresh peaches, and then you can get some homemade peach ice cream yeah. and then peach cobbler and yep. all the whole. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's dive a little bit into your story. All right. All right, so you take a trip. Feel free to get your drink whenever. Yeah, we're good. This is a long question. <laughs> <laughs> you take a trip to Fort Valley, Georgia, and walk through your favorite peach orchard. You pick a fresh peach off a tree and take a seat under that peach tree. You take a bite while leaning over as to not get juice all over your clothes. As you sit there enjoying the peach and start thinking of your childhood, what are some memorable moments that come to mind, and how did they have a lasting impact on you? Man, that is that is a good question. The place of Fort Valley is so special to me. It's a place that my dad was the youth pastor at you know, the Methodist church in town. And so which one was it? Uh, Fort Valley United Methodist. So that's where we go when we go. There. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if your in-laws. Yeah. Cause Bill's there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that's how, you know, I got to know the McGee's who are the fifth generation peach growers with the Pearson's at Pearson mm-hmm. farm. And, um, they're all cousins and siblings and walking to church on Sundays and, Showing up with a box of peaches randomly throughout the summertime and riding bikes, you know, and getting I, I, I'm raising my kids in East Nashville. It's a different growing up experience than what I had there. It, it's just such a uh, a remarkable place of like small town generosity and really like being accepted into a family that's not blood. Mm-hmm. And, and to this day, I'm a benefactor of it by, you know, all these years later going back to Fort Valley and bringing those peaches to the country. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a remarkable honor. And I, I think about it often of, you know, how lucky I am to have had that upbringing and then to get to share a lot of it with others throughout the country. It, it's super thrilling. Yeah. I'm sure it's pretty cool. Just always, I mean, not that you probably think about every time you take a bite of your peach, but when you do, it just can take you back. You know, it's like you listen to a song or whatever. Yep. You have so many experiences through a peach. Yes. You know, with a bit Maybe so smell more than anything. Smelling okay. Okay. the first peaches off the tree each mm. summer. I mean, Jessica's literally brought to tears when she smells the first that's one. Awesome. Uh, Wait, is it, is it because of that's, that's income? Coming <laughs> it's helpful. It's been a long winter. Uh, no, it, it's just like, it, it's just what that, that smell mm-hmm. represents freedom in our lives. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. remarkable. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. When we go home now, we always, um, I don't know relations. My mother-in-law lives off of Highway 49, uh-huh. about like 16 acres. And so I always take the boys back to the railroad track and we take a walk on the tracks. You yeah. Know? So yeah. We, ha- we have some fun there. You totally. know, it's pretty low key. Oh, it's low key. It is. It is. So as you hit your teen years, I imagine you spent some time on the peach farm, maybe doing a little work. Um, if you did, what did that look like? And what did the teenage years of Stephen Rose look like in Fort so Valley? So we had actually moved away. Okay. When I was in elementary school up to Metro Atlanta. So it was it was totally different. My teenage years were interesting. I uh, I lived, you know, part of elementary school, all of middle school till my sophomore year in Metro Atlanta and then we moved to Kentucky. My dad in that mm. Methodist pastor role kind of move you around and off we go from Metro Atlanta to a tiny town in Kentucky. Okay. This is the first time I'm thinking of it, but like the future business leaders of America club in in 
uh, Snellville, Georgia was mm-hmm. huge to like future farmers of America in, in Western Kentucky, gotcha. you know, just like right. completely different culture. Um, so it was an interesting childhood kind of having roots in Fort Valley, then moving, having roots in Snellville, Georgia, which if anybody lives there, they're kind of laughing at me calling it a big town, but you're, you're in Metro Atlanta. It's a right. diverse culture. Um, and then, um, and then move into Kentucky. What part of Kentucky? Uh, Owensboro. It's two yeah. hours North of here yep. in Nashville. Um, you know, a town of 50,000 and a great place. Um, but just different. Yeah. No one, no one really moved there at that time. So it was kind of interesting to be the kid that moved there, you know? Yeah. I think they have a, uh, a big box van truck or a company there. I forget what it's called. When I used to sell commercial oh, really? trucks, we would get some from Owensboro. I can't remember what it's called. Super possible. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, so, so part of being in Kentucky, going from Georgia to Kentucky, did that kind of put Nashville on your radar? You know, we drove through, my mom and I uh, would come down uh, any chance we got to visit friends in Atlanta, you know, so you drove mm-hmm. through Nashville every time. It really wasn't on my radar, though. Mm-hmm. It was it was a stop along the way. Right. There was a Chick-fil-A in Murfreesboro we'd stop at, because <laughs> leaving right. Atlanta and going to Kentucky, there weren't any up our way yet, really. But no, Nashville wasn't really on my radar until uh, out of college. Mm-hmm. I um, I got a job here doing sales, and, and yeah. I moved to town. But that I I knew nothing about Nashville before moving here. So, um, what where'd you go to college in Kentucky? Did I you went, go in Kentucky? Yeah, it was called Asbury College, a small okay. liberal yeah. arts school in yeah. in Wilmore, Kentucky. Yeah. And and that school actually had roots back in Fort Valley. Some great family friends of ours mm. had gone there and helped me and my siblings go through and so um all of us actually went to this little school in kentucky Hmm. but again kind of the roots in fort valley coming back to to help us through right yeah so how was the experience being a pastor son a pk you know it it was not traditional in the sense that i i never felt like pressure from my father uh, that there was some moral standard to live up to or don't embarrass me or any of that classic pastor's kid stuff. If anything, it came more from my mom keeping us in line than my dad. But no, it, it was, uh, I don't have that normal pastor's kid stuff that you see a lot, and none of my siblings do. But yeah, it was, I mean, my dad is just, he's all about having fun and, yeah. and you know, the next exciting adventure we can go on. That's awesome. And, yeah. And, I heard Bob Goff speak last night. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's, you know, I can imagine, you know, has that underlying belief system, but, you know, it's about like, like not religion and legalism, right? It's like, right. let's create, let's raise them in a, in a good home, but let's also give them the freedom to totally you know, experience life. So totally. That's cool. And thankfully we have my mom to keep yeah, us alive. Right. Cause and, you do need to go that. to school and now siblings, <laughs> how many, you, do you? I have three siblings, okay. a brother who, Lives here in Nashville and works with us now, okay, which is cool. so exciting. Yeah, and uh, and then two sisters, okay, um, who are the oldest and youngest. We're in the middle, so gotcha. Yeah, cool. All right. So speaking of kind of the Kentucky, you know, as you graduated college, what did that look like? And then you took a stint in Vegas. Yeah, and you gambled yep. all your money away, I did. right? I did. Um, and then you your first couple of years in Tennessee, kind of what did that look like? Yeah, uh, graduated school in Kentucky. Worked for a small nonprofit in in Vegas for a year and a half, which was I mean it was random and exciting to you know to live that far west and 
a four hour drive from Los Angeles, which I would make semi often. Yeah. Um, usually when the Braves were in town, I'd okay. go to Dodger Stadium to watch Braves games, and and I loved it. I mean, it was a completely different than anything I'd ever experienced. I liked the energy of the strip. It's just exciting. You know, obviously it wears off after time, right. but it's a for a guy right out of college in rural Kentucky. Moving to Las Vegas was super fun. And that year and a half, I, I learned a lot about what I didn't want in a workplace. <laughs> I learned uh, a lot about, you know, what it took to launch new projects and things like that. But then I decided to leave there and and applied for a job here in Nashville, got it and flew out. I mean, I moved on an airplane. Uh, really? I got rid of all my stuff. Wow. <laughs> moved on an airplane, yeah. found a place and... uh my first meal in Nashville was Arnold's Country Kitchen on 8th really, Avenue. Really? That's was awesome. A great Good choice. The city yes, and, yes. Um, yeah, but I, I, I just fell in love with Nashville right away. Yeah. So, and then how long did you work at that job before you? I, left? So, um, I started there in 2010 and we launched the business in 2012, but I did not okay. quit my job right away. I, okay. It's kind of running, you know, selling peaches out of a cubicle in, right, right. in Brentwood and uh, and then, you know, weekends, wherever I could set up. But it was before the next peach season, the following February. Okay. Uh, February 1, I was done and got ready for the next peach season. And so did that kind of create a conflict of interest or did you just bring your, your coworkers and your boss peaches in that kind yeah, of Yeah, no, they were out? great. They, they loved the product. They loved what mm-hmm. we were doing. They were super supportive, which is... Which is awesome. Um, so yeah, they were cool. they were good to go with it. So in July, Pearson Farms entered the Guinness Book of World Records yeah. with the heaviest peach. I imagine that is one special peach. If you turn that peach into a peach cobbler and you are able to invite some people to the farm to enjoy some peach cobbler and homemade peach ice cream, who would you invite that have had a huge impact on your life and why? Man, what a question. People that come the the people when i when i think about who i want to experience the farm I, I go to chefs often here in nashville when we started it was knocking on the doors of restaurants before anything else to see if they kind of approved of what we were doing cuz right. you know i didn't know whether i was nostalgic for my hometown or like oh these beaches are amazing but nobody else thinks so but if tandy wilson and sean brock and Tyler Brown, all these guys tasted them and thought, man, I can't get anything like this anywhere else. That would give me, you know, the the validity I needed. And and off the bat, that was the case. And yeah. so I have in the back of my mind thought we need to do a, a chef trip down to the farm just so they can see all that goes into growing up these remarkable peaches they get. Mm-hmm. That's been the thing that's come to mind quickly. When I think about other people outside of business that have impacted my life, my grandfather, my mom's dad, and my grandmother, the two of them early on in my life were as impactful as anybody. And not for any like deep advice they gave me or anything like that, but there was like, there was a sense of love and belonging with those two that I didn't need to do anything to earn it. I didn't need to be anybody for them. They just fully accepted from day one, you know, mm-hmm. and that's been a relationship I look back to often when I think about raising my own kids and how do I foster an environment where they know they belong, they know they matter no matter what. Right. Um, and so those two to have another day, they're both gone now um, to be able to sit with them and for them to, you know, 
experience a day on the farm right. together right. would be amazing. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, all right, so a shout out, which you might not be able to do this, um, but what is one of your favorite restaurants? Yeah, and uh, one of your favorite nonprofits, and why? So, um, City House, they you know they were the first ones to really. Um, Tandy Wilson, the chef there, said, "Yeah, bring peaches. Uh, we're excited." And not only did he do that, but he called his buddies, owners of other restaurants, to get them on board. Yeah, um, which, you know. I, I, that's what I point to when people ask me what it's like to do business in Nashville. It, you know, not only did he want mm. what we had, he didn't say, don't tell anybody else. He said, right. Hey, right. you know, call these other guys. And so, or he called them for us. So that generosity is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's consistent around mm-hmm. town. Nonprofit wise, we, um, anytime we have excess peaches that are turning, um, second harvest food bank, is just a great partner. They're always ready, you know, for us with whatever we have. And they do just an amazing job of feeding hungry people in this city. And, mm-hmm. and so we, we really love what they do as well on a local level. Cool. Well, that's neat. I mean, even because you hear it from the music scene, you hear it from the art scene, like like in the business scene, the restaurant scene, everybody's really, again, it's a, it's a common theme in hearing people's stories is that, when they're in Nashville, people are here to help and, and, you know, encourage people, not, you know, worry about the competition, you know? Yeah. You know, the, to them, it's like, if you add to the flavor of this town, that's a good right. thing. And and, and you definitely add it to the flavor of the town, right? Yeah. 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 No that's pun cool. intended. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I said that because I know you obviously have your product uh, in the peaches and some other uh, restaurants as well. So. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right. So how did you meet Jessica? And and out of curiosity, how did you propose? Because, you know, sometimes we often meet people and it's like, then you hear their story and like, oh, that's so cool. But a lot of times we don't hear their story. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What's your story? So we met uh, at that nonprofit in Vegas. She she moved from Seattle to work there. I moved from Kentucky. Um, and there's no love at first sight story. We were just great buds off the, uh, off the bat mm-hmm. and, um, you know, built a great friendship and and then we started dating and, and Jess points to this fear often of there were, you know, Vegas is a wild place. And she wondered, and I wondered like, is this the only sane person here? Is that mm. why we like each other or do we, right. do we actually like each other? Right. So, right. uh, I got the job here and she followed and, um, and we dated another, uh, couple years. <laughs> mm. We didn't have that fairy tale dating relationship, but we have had, just a fantastic marriage. Mm-hmm. That's and, awesome. and I think, I think there's something to be said for doing a lot of that first, second year mm-hmm. of marriage work in your dating relationship. It's how we did it. Uh, obviously it don't work for everybody, but I mean, we, we really worked through a lot of our stuff in those years. Um, yeah. but proposal, I mean, it's kind of a terrible story. We, <laughs> <laughs> I pick, I, I told her I was picking her up early I mean, early, I must have picked her up at like 5 a.m. to go somewhere, okay. have a backpack. And we drove to Centennial Park. It's like a full moon. We like to hang out there a lot mm-hmm. and have picnics. And so under this tree that was special to us, I proposed. But awesome. I mean, like at freaking 5 in the morning, 
Oh, kinda, yeah? Yeah, that's, that's not a Five good Five in the morning? Yeah, well, then I picked her up. And then we went to the airport and we flew to Chicago okay. and had like a weekend. Oh, awesome. Well, that's good. That was fun. Yeah, yeah kind um, of proposal slash weekend getaway. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, I could have planned it out better, but, you know, no. here we are. Well, I love the park, too. Like a lot of times when Nala and I will we'll do date night, I'm like, hey, let's just go get a coffee and walk around the park. Like, yeah, I, totally. I love it. Like when it people awesome. that don't take advantage of it, it's just so pretty, you know. It is. But you know what always annoys me? Or it has lately. Tell me. Fix the water fountains. Mm. You know what I mean? You got these these really things that create this, you know, extra environment. They're not on. No, they they just they they splutter water out. Yeah, and there's like three of them. Yeah, I don't get it. Like I just the other day we went you there. Should, I'm like, why you don't write the I should. I mean, they you know they put all that money into the uh, the flowers, which are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just, and I think it'd be cool too if they did like they let you rent boats and you can cruise around. Yeah, awesome. Whatever you need. Yeah, do a little romant- romantic uh-huh. thing out there. Uh huh. Um. We have thought that there should be a like an ice rink at the holidays at yeah. Centennial Park, kind of like New York. You know, yeah, like, that would be cool. Yeah, actually, is it there? There was one. There's one downtown. Yeah, now. I guess it's it's there now, right? Because uh-huh. yeah, the my, Bryce wants to get into ice. Um, he he's going to play hockey. Okay, know, that's cool. what he says. Anyways, I like what you said though about the two years of dating because you know the times I do hear when people iron out that and the communication like usually you're setting yourself up because if you never like park and talk about those tough subjects you're going to you know actually what happens is you get married and then maybe you have kids soon and then uh-huh. you get busy and uh-huh. all this life comes at you uh-huh. and then you're like. You, you try to backtrack and find that time, and it's, well, it deal, can be challenging. Yeah. So yeah. I think your uh, your route was probably pretty awesome. So talk to me about the moment you brought Jessica back to Pearson Farms and took a bite of that peach that inspired you to bring those up to Nashville. Yeah, it was a um, – gosh, I guess it was probably the summer of 11 we were down there. Normal afternoon, but it was her first time really seeing the whole operation happening and – all the energy around the packing house and, you know, the guys picking the peaches. And so, yeah, I mean, she she bit into her first peach and literally started smuggling more into her purse, which I'm like, <laughs> they'll, awesome. they'll give them to you. You don't need to steal. But uh, they kind of had a uh, and still do. You know, they're like, well, we've got a guy in Atlanta who sells our peaches at the markets. It's going really well. And we just started kind of. We're like, well, we don't have good peaches in Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, well, yeah, y'all should bring them up and see what happens. And, you know, it's this great partnership because they can't do everything it takes to grow peaches and to right. be at the market on a Saturday or every day for that matter. And so that's where folks like us can come in and partner with them to be their selling arm in Nashville and beyond. But what came together in our minds early was we could do the Nashville thing. But then what about the small towns outside of Nashville, you know, do this tour maybe. And what about people that we can't get to physically? We should be shipping. And, you know, mm-hmm. we've we've kind of added each component a little bit at a time, but it's That's cool. become kind yeah. of this holistic, um, no matter where you are, you can access the peach truck. Um, and that's that's been where we've kind of taken our own spin on it. And, mm-hmm. and I think why we've been able to grow like we have. Yeah, I like it. So, I, I mean, I, I would imagine probably from early on, all these ideas are just going, going. Yes. But you kind of perfected each one at different stages right, and grow. Right. So that's that's pretty smart. So you had a nice corporate job, a salary, and all that, all the comforts that come with that. Why did you give all that up? 
for a peach. So Jess grew up with her father was self-employed and her mom stayed at home and her dad was just around a lot. I grew up with, you know, my mom's a teacher, my dad's a pastor and you go to work, you come home, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So to me, it was the next step to get a job. And to her, she was like, what crime did you commit where you have to be gone and you only get two and a half weeks of vacation? Her family's in Seattle. So, you know, there's at least a week of vacation gone and yeah. all this stuff, you know, and I, um, it just kept itching at me that like, maybe, maybe we could make our own path. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I wasn't quick to jump before proving ourselves in 2012, right. that first year. But um, it got to where I wasn't loving the day job. And also we had this thing that we thought if we gave ourselves fully to it, maybe, you know, maybe at the end of the year we can pay ourselves enough that we don't need another job. Mm -hmm. And I can always go get another job I don't love. Right. So that's where we decided to to make the jump and see what happens. And and the original intention, which we did, was in 2013, we had our second peach season our first full-time year and then she and i traveled the world for five months mm -hmm. like we sold everything we had we sold our cars what a terrible idea <laughs> no, <laughs> it was amazing and actually you know that sounds i mean it is luxurious it sounds luxurious but also it was cheaper than if we had mm -hmm. kept our rental house in nashville and and lived here right you know because of the places we were going like thailand and india and yeah. things like that so um Anyways, it was this incredible time, and then and then we started having kids, and that yeah uh, changed slows it bit. down a slows bit. Right, it, down it doesn't end bit. it. It doesn't yeah. end it. Yeah. So, what are some fears that you had um, to push through in the beginning uh, years of the business, and how were you and Jessica there to encourage each other during those times? Yeah, I mean, I I just didn't have a direct model in my life of somebody who's done this. So. Um, so much I feel like is giving yourself permission. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was looking for permission from somebody to, to say it's okay to take this risk and, and make this jump. And finally we just gave it to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm super practical. Finances can stress me out if, if they're not like, you know, solid. And mm -hmm. so, so yeah, all those things kind of came in to my mind as I'm thinking about leaving a job that, you know, when I got it, I'm like, well, Gosh, I'm here. I nailed it. You know? Right. You got two weeks of vacation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But, you know, it was, a, it was a place that I thought I would be the, for a long time. And so to to leave that and know I couldn't go back was was super scary. So yeah, there was a lot that went into being afraid of making the decision. But then I think when you step back and realize we're not going to go bankrupt if this peach season doesn't go great, mm -hmm. we can always get jobs. And, and so that, that's what gave yeah. us the confidence to do it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, um, having to know you have a good work ethic, like you always have that to right. lean back on, right. you know, even like when I, I remember getting, when I got in real estate, it was like 2012. And so it was just kind of coming back, but you know, some people were like, you know, kind of questioning that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I feel, I don't, I wouldn't say I felt called, but the doors just kept opening yeah. to it, you know? And I still to this day, I never get freaked out because there's plenty of jobs in Nashville. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I like what I do and I want to plan to do it the rest of my life. But at the same time, it's like I can go make money. Right. You know? So having that 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 piece that well, you can lean back on, you know. And after I quit my job, you know, every weekend I was driving Uber. Like it, it wasn't like there there are opportunities to make money mm -hmm. 
Um, Who is there? Is there some way you can incorporate peaches in Uber? <laughs> we have. Actually. Okay, you have. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. They did it. Do you use Uber to deliver the peaches? Or they did do it for a couple years. Okay. Yeah, uh, like you you swiped. There was Uber X, Uber XL, and then like a little peach. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they did a day. Yeah, it was really cool. This was before you know DoorDash and Uber Eats and all that. Like so, food delivery. Yeah, wasn't really a big thing yet. That's where it was super exciting. Now it's like, well, I could yeah. order all this stuff anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, yeah it was yeah. super fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So I imagine the freedom by leaving a corporate job is like tasting your first peach truck peach. Once you experience that one time, there's no going back. How has the freedom impacted your life and how have your travels impacted your family's life? Yeah, it's changed everything. Brene Brown has this quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of joy is the scariest feeling because you are afraid of when the other mm-hmm. shoe's going to drop, right? Like it's things, I, I, you know, being home with my kids as they're young and watching them grow up and getting to take trips when we want to and things like that are insane mm-hmm. to me that we're able to do that. And also it's like, okay, how long is this going to last? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's both and, right? Or when do we get, like, uh, we almost lost the crop two years ago. We only lost 85% of it. So we only had 15%. Wow. Yeah. And we ended up, you know, squeaking out of living on 15% of a crop, which is amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's an incredible, it's a scary feeling because it feels like things are too good to be true at times. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, That's the joy that yeah, that's the joy. Yeah, such yeah, yeah. a great time. It's like it's like somebody you know calling you and say, "Hey, you just won a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. just entered your name into it." It's like, no, that that can't and, <laughs> right. And maybe right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's the best. I mean, and, and to be able to, you know, we have a team of 70, 75 folks during the summer, and three others that are full time with Jess and I that we all kind of live on this schedule of um, you know really giving ourselves to the peach truck for seven months a year, but then a much slower time for, mm-hmm. for the other five is, is really, really remarkable. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. How about traveling? Like, you know, just, well, before you had kids, so y'all were traveling yeah, what, I mean, three or four years. Well, no, only like one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got pregnant. Uh, yeah. We had our first uh, kid in uh, 2014. Okay. In All right. October. So, um, and and then we did take her on a trip the next year. It, it's just it's totally different. It's yeah. a different deal. Right. It's like going to a nice restaurant. It's yeah. Like, oh, we could take the boys, but it's so much more enjoyable <laughs> yeah. without them. I love them. But uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so travel. Um, yeah. It, it just broadens your horizon mm-hmm. in a way that nothing else can. I mean, to be in Kolkata with like Mother Teresa's nonprofit there and to get to see everything they're doing. And, you know, we're on the border of Syria around the time all these refugees were pouring into Jordan Mm -hmm. and these enormous refugee camps and kids with no home. And and then, you know, Thailand where, you know, it's incredibly impoverished combined with like the most beautiful beaches you've ever seen in your life. And then Europe, which is just altogether gorgeous and Mm -hmm. incredible people and culture and art and, it's incredible, I guess, the ability we have to to see the world now. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, I mean, there's lessons day after day after day, just kind of wandering 
cities around the world um, yeah. that, yeah, you can read about, but, but being there smelling it, like I'll, there, there's in Varanasi in India, there's, it's like the holy city of um, Hinduism. It's a place where I, I guess the wealthier folk will uh, have their body cremated. So there's this mm. huge fire that's been going oh, on wow. for thousands of years of cremated humans. I, I'll never forget the smell of burning human flesh that was weirdly repulsive yet beautiful to, you know, the way they mm -hmm. were kind of honoring life and, and right. whatever. So anyways, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, all the senses. Perspective. Are, and, yeah, yeah, everything, just, yeah, everything. Well, that's like whenever I, um, I sold commercial trucks and I, I flew out to Portland. Yes. And I, three weekends in a row I drove back from Portland to Nashville. Uh, three different ways. Portland, you know? Oregon? Yeah, Portland, Oregon. Oh, my gosh. Like in a three-day trip. It was just straight up. <laughs> That's brutal. But and, and I was in a cabin chassis. I mean, I literally had, I had that sun's uh, floaty. It had no air ride suspension. You know? Dude. But being able to drive through the Rockies yes. and just experience it. Yeah. You know, it's even yeah. different than like if you fly into Denver or you fly into somewhere. But like being able to cruise across, you know, country 100%. was like, oh, man. And so like I can't just like you, I'm sure, with just even having a what, five months yeah. to do it. You're like, man, I want to do it again. I want to do uh -huh, it again. Uh -huh. um, or like experience the freedom, you know, once I got away from uh, the corporate job. Right. You know, um, and didn't have to go, oh, crud, I I. I changed jobs and now I got to restart my vacation. Like right, it was right, terrible, right, 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 right? It was terrible. Yeah. And now, you know, I remember the first time I'm like, all right, so uh, let's take a vacation. All right, let me call myself and see see how I feel about it. Uh, you know, it's uh, like, yes, let's yeah, do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, once you, once you experience it, it's, I couldn't imagine it, you know? And I even, um, when I, when I first got into real estate, there was about a year, I was, um, helping them do some dry cleaning deliveries. Okay. And I would go into some of these places with just, cubes with no windows nothing yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah you know i'm thankful for people that you know do that yeah. but i could not imagine it you know can imagine it once you experience it you know yeah i mean it's it is or even like this morning it just you know I, i'm sure you're really slammed during the summers but just to have like this morning i have a busy day but i was at at the house for you know right. first couple hours hudson wakes up he's four and he comes downstairs and he, for whatever reason, he's like, I want to dress like daddy, you know, and I got a picture. So he went up oh there my and gosh, picked out his amazing. shirt that was like plaid. And, and so I love just having that freedom just yeah. to go, is he up? Is he up? Uh -huh. I'm going to squeeze him, yeah. kiss him. And then, okay, I got to go. You know? yeah, yeah. And you have twin, twin, twin boys. boys that are two, yeah. It's wide open. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Wait <laughs> till they get older. Girl, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's incredible. Share with the audience the journey of a peach. We opened a bag, bite into that juicy peach, but rarely think about all that went into making the peach. Yeah. So it takes a peach tree three years in the ground before producing any fruit, five before producing a full crop. And then, so you, you got to plant the tree and wait. And then dormant time, like around January, February, you're pruning the tree. The tree will grow just tons and tons of limbs. And you're pruning that tree so you have three or four main branches coming off the trunk and create kind of this this like hand, basically, that if you put a beach ball in the middle of it, it could be supported. Okay. So the sun is able to get all of the tree throughout the day. And then in mid-March, you've got your blooms. And a little after that, the little baby peaches come out. And if you let all those baby peaches stay on the tree, you'd have... 
a couple thousand tasteless small mm-hmm. peaches in July. So you're pulling 70, 75% of those peaches by hand. All this is by hand that I mm-hmm. mentioned off the tree so that the ones that are left on can be big, beautiful, tasty peaches. And then you're picking every peach by hand come, you know, June, July, August, whenever that variety is ready. And, and then they're going through the packing house where they're cleaned and scrubbed and put into the right box and onto a truck to us in Nashville or wherever we are on the tour. And then you do that <laughs> over and over and over, you know, uh, 1800 acres of peaches on Pearson farm. That's a lot of trees mm-hmm. to be dealing with by hand, every single tree. So yeah. it, it's such a labor intensive fruit. Um, right now, what we're counting is cold hours. We want, you know, about 900 hours under 45 degrees during the winter. And, um, and that's where we really lost a, bunch of our crop a couple of years ago, the late varieties did not get enough hours to produce a crop because they okay. never got to get, the trees didn't get to go dormant mm-hmm. and build up enough energy to output a crop. So not only did we not get enough cold hours, but then a historic late frost comes through for the ones that wow. were remaining. And so, uh, it was just the worst combination possible, hmm. but, um, we are, we're like tracking an incredible best winter we've had in years right now. Um, and hopefully that doesn't slow yeah. down. And, and then the next thing we'll worry about is in March, once <coughs> those buds are out late freeze. Um, so anyways, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Waiting, waiting, it's, see, it's just excited and yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no frog. Yeah. Checking the weather that. nonstop in March and not, you know, getting up in the middle of the night to see where it, which I mean, it's interesting, right? If you check it that much, because the reality is, well, and actually, I think I had that in a question. Um, like, what can you do? Nothing. Nothing. But you can. I check mean, none of the far. Yeah, they have wind machines that okay. that you know get the air circulating, and I mean, it raises it a degree or two. And Which could make they have a like five right? fans, and that covers about a hundred acres each. So. We might have a few hundred acres of peaches if it works. Right. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of different things you can do. But at the end of the day, they're they're out there in Mother Nature to to mm-hmm. get crushed or to right. to make it through. I mean, it's so how much um, with you doing all you've been doing to grow the business on on like a national around. Yeah, how has that increased? You know, the business with the peaches, like more trees planted. Yeah, more like pl- trees are being planted every year, and. Um, yeah, what, what we have done um, really has connected the farm with the end user in a way that hasn't in many, many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, the way grocery stores kind of took over and, you know, grocery stores want certain things. They want peaches to be red and round and have a long shelf life. And mm-hmm. at Pearson, they want a peach that might be pretty but tastes amazing. Mm -hmm. And we don't need a shelf life because we're selling through the crop every single day. And that makes all the difference in the world when it comes to flavor of a peach. Right. And so um, what we've been able to do is allow them to grow varieties they haven't grown in years, like the Alberta and Pearson Alberta, these varieties that their great-grandfathers grew, but that nobody wants because they're ugly. But they taste like Which is like, have you, um, what's the apple, the ugly apple? I don't know. Oh, there's one. I've totally went blank. And le- or my- like heirloom tomatoes that just look yeah. funky, 
But they taste amazing. Oh, I wish I knew the apple. But my mother-in-law, she had a couple okay. you know, in Georgia. And yeah. I was like, oh, those things look nasty. Uh-huh. And I finally ate one. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's a something crisp. I don't know. Anyways, it was really good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. So you you can give them you know, the freedom. Well, and being able to educate customers on, you know, what, you know, be guided by your nose, not by right. what it looks like. Because mm-hmm. that'll deceive you. So, yeah. 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 It could be a cute peach. Right? It could be. Sweet. Yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what they say? How does she look? Oh, she's really sweet. <laughs> she's real sweet. <laughs> All right. So, um, great personality. Yes. Talk to me about the impact you are hoping to make in Nashville and beyond. How are you giving back to the community? Yeah. I mean, I mentioned, um, you know, the second harvest. I remember when we tried to get we 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 signed up when all the food delivery apps were coming Postmates and DoorDash and things like that, and they really didn't move any peaches. And mm-hmm. I asked customers why, and they said, "Well, we just like the experience of coming to the booth, and because mm-hmm. your people are so nice, and I get to hear about the variety and and all that." And so, what we try to do is to impact our team and create an incredible work environment for the summer that is fun to serve their neighbors well. Um, and for our core team that's year round to, you know, share generously with them the profits that we make and mm-hmm. um, for the farm and then create environments where they're able to go out and, you know, impact others around them. You know, we we have causes personally that we're excited about charity water just doing incredible work building wells around the world and um preemptive loves an organization that is serving folks in you know war-torn syria when when everybody else is left they're still there like mm-hmm. feeding folks and um but really putting their lives on the line to to make you know people who have lost their homes um you know a better place and so anyways we we feel like the peach truck itself stands for, you know, being a great neighbor and adding to the flavor of the community and sharing generously with our team. Um, and then, you know, personally, we have we have causes mm-hmm. that that cool. we get excited about. So how do you make sure you keep the balance of freedom you created by leaving a nine to five job and then growing the peach business? Yeah. So far, we have pretty much focused on growing the business within those three summer months. Um, anything we can do then we're good with, Mm -hmm. we're good with less freedom during the summer. If it means, you know, the business growing, but I say that. And then for the first time ever, we have a holiday store this year where we're Mm -hmm. selling online peach jams and pecans. And hopefully we'll be growing that with other peach products, um, in the years to come. But, uh, you know, we could easily fill out our year with with other crops, you know, apples or yep. citrus in the winter, things like that. We have decided so far to hold off on that. One because peaches are what we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Georgia peaches, not other fruits. And uh I mean, we're, we're fine with other fruits. Right, it's just not right. what gets us excited. And yeah, it would, you know, every year when it comes around to November and it'd be like, all right, this would be about the time we, if we did that citrus thing that we'd mm. be, and it's like, oh, I couldn't even imagine. Right. You know, I'm still recovering from what we did this summer. Right. So, um, we have felt really good with kind of being where we are, um, with just 
working nonstop during the summer and then um, and getting that freedom on the backside. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like I was thinking it's kind of like a somebody going on tour. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're, they're working their butts off. And, and you could tour 12 months a year. Yeah, but, right. But it probably wouldn't. You'd get The shows out, would suffer. Right. You would suffer. Your family would suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is funny how, you know, people do ask us a lot. Like, well, what are you going to do? And it's like, well, <laughs> you don't ask baseball players what they do in the offseason right. or or musicians when they're not recording or touring. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's it's good to take some time. And you're um, all, I mean, you're doing something. It's of course, just doesn't take that It's just time. not as and active. That's, I mean, that's a great thing with, you know, the jams and stuff is that, like, it's more of an online. You can still do that wherever you want to. No doubt. Right? Yeah, yeah, we have somebody else fulfilling it. And yeah. the, um, you know, shelf life's a wonderful thing. These mm-hmm. jams... <laughs> We, you know, if we don't sell them all, it'll be okay because yeah. uh, they can sit on the shelf or mm-hmm. or in storage where we don't have that luxury with, with right. peaches, peaches during the summer. So if you could sit down and share a peach with your 20-year-old self and share some wisdom, what advice would you give in regards to parenting, marriage, or business? I would say, I would say, you know, have courage. Have courage to speak up. To follow what you, what you know is the right path. Mm. In my younger years, could as the third out of four, and my role a lot was to keep the peace. And so, it's it's a different thing for me to speak up when I know mm-hmm. something should be spoken up about. You know, you won't always have peace, but you'll be sticking up for the right thing. Is a is an important lesson I'm growing into as a as a 31 year old yeah yeah thanks to your siblings right exactly exactly <laughs> um, i like that all right so uh from the great words of paul and timothy 4 7 i fought the fight the good fight i finished the race i've kept the faith when your journey's over what legacy are you hoping to leave yeah i hope i leave a um three kids that are living life to their fullest potential in their in as their true selves. So people who, you know, serve those around them, who love themselves, who love those around them. If I leave and that's my legacy, then then I've done a good mm. job. Yeah. Um, do they like peaches? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Actually my boys, they love them. And I was thinking too, I think it was it might have been last year. It was in the peach season and apparently we picked up some peaches from yeah. uh, the store. Oh, oh man. Dear. Do I that. mean, they were like, if I remember correctly, the colors were all inside messed up and it was crazy. It, no, actually, you should, though, because then you appreciate what you have during the summer. You know, uh, and you make you make getting out to the farmer's markets and the place. It's not hard to compete for us. It's, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. just a different product. Right. Jessica loves the house to be very clean and peaches are messy. So um, it's an afternoon front porch. Yes deal every time they eat peaches in their diapers florence in her underwear and then we hose them down with a <laughs> literally i mean because i mean you're a mess yeah it's like they're it's yeah, insane so uh awesome. yeah that's... have you got some good pictures of that oh yeah like marketing yeah, yeah absolutely all right so now i have a little speed round it's called the nashville real estate minute or few how long have you lived in nashville i have lived here eight years Eight years, sorry. Eight years. <laughs> that was not a speedy answer. Hey, time, 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 time goes by. So what made you choose Nashville? A uh, job. Okay. Just picked it and uh, 
They're actually curious. So when you got out of college, where you well, no, you went to Vegas, then you looked yeah. here. Um, did you apply like a lot of different places? And I this applied one just to opened one up? place. Okay. Yeah, Dave Ramsey's. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, I moved here to work for him. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So, what community did you land in, and why that location? I live in East Nashville. Um, I mean, the restaurants, the people, the homes. Uh, we just love the whole, the whole flavor of the East Side. Mm-hmm. I was uh, showing a, a client some homes in East Nashville. It was Sunday when it was two weeks ago, maybe, and it okay. was like seventy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just and beautiful. it was about lunchtime. Uh huh. And I'm like, I, I needed to kind of get home, but I'm like. Do you want to you want to grab something to eat? And he's like, we were both kind of like, ah. And then I thought, man, we're close to the pharmacy. <laughs> it's seventy. It's a, we're not going to have this weather, so we went and ate. Oh, there, that's so. awesome. Yeah, I live like a block from there. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, all right. So tell me a great memory that you often share about Nashville. Oh, that's a good question. One that's popping into my mind right now is it must have been the year we moved here. The year after. Um, Old Crow Medicine Show, who's like one of my favorite bands, they're a bluegrass band. I see on Twitter they're going to play at the Billy Reed store in Green Hills. I loved Billy Reed. I loved Old Crow. And just like going into this little store, there was not that many people there seeing Old Crow play. I was just like, what is this town? Mm -hmm. You know, there are things that happen here that don't happen elsewhere. And, um, And that was one of the earliest ones that I was like, wow, what a... What a weird place this is super special. Yeah, so, to have know. have that talent in some little just yeah, little. just a little shop and you know there uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, all right, so what do you look for in a good real estate agent? I look for somebody who has a strong marketing presence online, who um, is personable, who can see the value in you know, what I'm selling or trying to buy, who I know is going to get the most possible for my home that I'm selling and also the the least possible when I'm buying. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that funny how the roles uh, switch really quick. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. What was your major in college? I studied media communications. Okay. Yeah. And so Used you probably, you don't use any of it? Well, I mean, yeah. I guess kind of, but yeah. Okay. It was right. more. It was more for like people wanting to go into film or TV. Okay. And um, so. yeah, cool. All right. So, what advice would you give someone looking to move to Nashville? I would tell them to come. You know, the neighborhoods are so different. So, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I, I would say this is probably a bad realtor advice. But rent first. Rent for a second. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I think it depends on the agent you get because, you know. But I mean, but fi- I, figuring out where it is you want to land yes. um, is important, you mm-hmm. know. But you might you might find it right away and yeah. know where you want to be. But, you know, traffic flow and, right. um, you know, there's yeah. all sorts of different yeah. things to consider. Yeah, well, the funny thing is even even within the neighborhoods, just like I, I um, this guy will show a house after this. He there was some new construction over by the zoo. Oh yeah, and, uh, I said yeah. I said why don't you drive by there because there was just a couple popped up and because even there, I mean everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's just it kind of. Oh, sometimes you got the stadium the coming there. Yeah. Then, you know. Oh, that yeah. whole area. Yeah, it's awesome. So we're looking at one in Creve Hall. Pretty nice one too. Oh, is that right? Great, great area. Actually, it's Caldwell Hall, but right on the okay verge of that. Um, all right, cool. So. Um, where can they find your product? So what 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 are the dates of the season, and then like where are you at 
in restaurants and stuff like that. Yeah, so I mean, mid-May to mid-August is when you're going to find fresh peaches. We have jams and pecans available all year long now. Um, but thepeachtruck.com is our website. We're the Peach Truck on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us. Google the Peach Truck. Yeah. You will find us. Cool. And some good stuff. Actually, for some reason, which I'm really hungry, I keep I keep uh, picturing the uh, at Barista Parlor. Yes, the, the, biscuit. the biscuit with the peach jam on mm-hmm. it. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. Yeah. There's, really I good. mean, that biscuit itself is mm-hmm. remarkable. And then the meat, the sausage, right? Sausage, yeah, from Porter door. Road and... The yeah. seasonal jams. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's the bomb, right? Yeah. 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 All right, cool. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. All right. Now you know all about fresh Georgia peaches. And when you're in Nashville, regardless if you live here or not, definitely during the summertime, make sure to download the app from the peach truck so you can figure out where exactly they are and you can go get you a big bag of fresh juicy Georgia peaches. They're awesome. Um, Every week my wife ends up showing up with a new bag and we uh, have tried different recipes with them and looking forward to uh, actually getting some more recipes from uh, the peach truck from their website and try some new stuff this summer. Next week, make sure to tune in. Granville Automatic will be joining me. Vanessa Oliveras and Elizabeth Elkins, they share their story as well as some pretty cool stories that their songs are written about in Nashville. They dive into the history of a lot of uh, interesting places in Nashville and basically their songs are surrounding the history of the locations. So it was pretty fun to hang out with them. They're pretty entertaining as they are kind of night and day in their personalities. So it was pretty cool to interview two people at once and, you know, have them go back and forth. So make sure to tune into that. As far as the sponsors, if you have not picked up on it yet, I'm a realtor in the Nashville area with a focus on residential real estate and real estate investing. I'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. You can also give Brandon Hutchison a call with the Legacy Mutual Mortgage for all of your lender needs and Limestone Title and Escrow for any title needs. As always, thanks for tuning in and taking the time to listen to Nashville Untold. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share it. It's obviously on social media and all the podcast platforms, wherever you can find it. Um, Feel free to share it with your friends. Make sure to check out the show notes for Stephen Rose and how you can connect with him and where you can find the peach truck around Nashville and other places. He has a link within his website and an app so you can uh, chase him and the truck down and get some fresh Georgia peaches. Also, you can uh, find the links of the restaurant he mentioned and the nonprofit as well as Alex Smith. And now crank up your volume for a song from Alex Smith. So earlier in things, we were talking about how uh, I wanted to write songs that, you know, really stood out from as soon as I start playing them. And I also told you that John Mayer was like my big guy. And uh, so this one's one that I wrote. I wrote this progression one night and I was like, man, I love that. I was like, I love it. And I had no idea what to do with it. And so I sat around with that progression in my pocket for like, whew, probably two, three months, something like that. And I'd pitched it to a few people and nothing just hit right. So I was like, no, I'm not wasting this on anything. And I got together with my buddy Carl Anderson and uh, I played it for him and he just starts singing these melodies. And I was like, oh, yes. I was like, finally, this is it. So we ended up writing this song together called Saving Grace that I'm hoping is a little bit of like all those elements together. So. 
Trying to keep my head on straight It's easier said than done these days It's a crazy world that we're living in But we play the game Sometimes tomorrow seems so far And you ain't sure just who you are You learn to blur the lines And you don't look back But Take it day by day Ooh, Showed me love was a better way Piece by piece You to me A broken man and put me back together I was on the edge of giving in That's when you pull me through the stormy weather You may not know exactly What you did for me When I was barely holding on and and faith, you came along here with my saving grace. And you say, if you wanna love somebody else, gotta learn to love yourself. And I swear to God, I'll try and change my crooked ways. Ask can tell you who you are Y'all have bruises, all have scars Only thing that matters is who you are today But ooh, you said take it day by day Ooh, showed me love was a better way Piece by piece, you took me Broken man and put me back together I was on the edge of giving in That's when you pull me through the stormy weather You may not know exactly What you did for me When I was daily holding on and losing faith You came along and with my saving grace But I'm not sure what you see Someone like me but I don't know what I'd do if you were to leave Cause piece by piece you took me A broken man and put me back together I was on the edge of giving in This when you pull me through the stormy weather You may not know exactly what you did for me When I was barely holding on and in faith, you came along and were my saving grace. Holding on, you losing faith. You came along and were my saving grace. Oh, yeah, saving grace. Baby, you were my saving grace. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time.